Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. Top of the hour, we're going to do a quick swag on some fights that wrapped up. Give my thoughts on those, then cover a few more fights that are on deck here today here at Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net. My name is Leister. I'm your host, and this probably won't take too long. The reason I didn't do it as a preview is mostly because some of the fights that were booked are not really that great. And one of them in particular I want to start and get out of the way. The return of the problem, Adrian Broner, now known as the problem child, which, of course, that's a swag of Jake Paul, but Adrian Broner made his return. He was fighting under... On Don King, I believe that was on Fight TV, fought Bill Hutchinson. And the joke, of course, is that Bill Hutchinson is a practicing lawyer. And Broner was going to try to hire him after the fight. Broner, as was reported, he didn't, he looked a shell of himself. He did get, he went the distance, but it was a clear victory for Broner. But he certainly was nowhere close to what he used to be when he was dominating lightweight. Because for those that don't know, Broner actually was a very solid, he's a four-division champion. He was solid before he went up to 147. He went for 147 to get a belt, and that didn't turn out too good. Prior to that, he was dominant. He was he was one of the most dominant fighters, and people criticize him in hindsight, but he really was that damn good at the time, and he declined. He declined, and he never really recovered from the Marcos Maidano defeat, I argue. And then when he came back and he fought Giovanni Santiago, I, a lot of people had Santiago win the fight. I had bet on Santiago prior to the fight and lost 50 bucks. Because I felt like Santiago was just good enough to beat Broner, and most people felt like Santiago should got his hand raised. Against Hutchinson here, it wasn't in dispute that Broner was superior to this guy, but Broner couldn't get him out of there. So some guys, they're not going to go away. I'm not criticizing the lack of a knockout. I am saying that it feels like, you know, he says he wants to go after Regis Prograce. I think that's a big mistake. <laughs> I think it's a big mistake to try to go after that dude. I think, if you know, because he's campaigning right now at 147. I don't think there's anybody 147 Broner beats. So if he wants to try to go back down to 140 or try to do a catch weight on 140, I mean, geez, look at the lineup you're talking. Like, Prograce, I think, deals with him with ease. I think Catterall deals with him with ease. Uh, geez, most of the people come recently coming up, newly, like Ryan Garcia. I think Ryan Garcia would struggle, but I think Ryan Garcia gets his hand raised. Like, I don't see much for Broner these days at 140 or 147 which is too bad because he can sell a fight. I think under Don King, he's not going to get much, but apparently Don King's throwing money at him. He didn't, I think it was like a thousand people on the fight. So, you know, whatever Broner's doing for his own career and what he feels like is the right answer, I'm not going to criticize him any further. Let's talk about the fights that are on deck. The big one, of course, Josh Taylor versus Teofimo Lopez, as was referred to, I believe it was Catterall that said the Battle of the Ducks because the story, of course, is that Josh Taylor ducked Jack Catterall in the rematch. And then Tiafimo Lopez, <laughs> he took an L to Cambosas and then ducked him on that rematch. So, and Regis Progress recently came out and criticized Tiafimo's performance because he seems like he was off. Taylor was recently off. So Taylor openly admitted, you know, we were both off. And then Lopez talking about, I want to kill Josh Taylor. And it's being in other places, let it slide, but it is what it is. The fights, 12 rounds of super lightweights on ESPN and Sky Sports, ESPN Plus specifically. I don't think it's on the pay-per-view side. I'm not sure. This is for, if you didn't remember, Josh Taylor kept the ring 
140 title as well as the WBO 140 title. Josh Taylor's arguably considered lineal champion. Nobody's beaten him yet, even though he had to relinquish the other titles. So he let go of the other titles. He only has WBO and the ring, but he's still considered lineal. So Tiafimo considers him the man to beat at 140. Most people feel like Josh Taylor is going to deal with Tiafimo with ease. I don't think it's going to be easy because I do think Tiafimo has that one punch chance to stun an opponent. I think Josh Taylor has looked off. Taylor himself said he did not fully train for that fight. He said he fit trained well for this one. And again, most people feel like Josh Taylor easily deals with Tiafimo, mostly because of his size, his range, and everything he's got skill-wise where Tiafimo's proceed is lacking and possibly mentally off. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying that's the perception that's out there. On the undercards, Andreas makes his return. People are really excited to see him fight. Ronald Cruz, 10 rounds at super welterweight action. I, done, I didn't know Ronald Cruz until I looked him up. Seems like a pretty decent fighter in his own right. I don't think he's going to have anything for Zayas. I think Zayas is going to easily deal with him. Probably by a stoppage early is my guess. So most people agree with me on this one. But you never know. It's boxing. I just think Zayas is going to have too much for the dude, in my opinion. Out in Wembley in the UK, 12 rounds at flyweight action. Sonny Edwards makes his return against Andres Campos. I'm, I, I'm a big fan of Andres Campos as a fighter. He's well-rounded. He's not going to get you out of there by knockouts, but I think he's a solid boxer. This should be a good test for Sonny Edwards. Sonny Edwards is perceived as the A-side. He's a good fighter as well. He's not going to try to get you out of there. This is, I think, going to be a chess match, boxing. I would give the edge to Edwards because of experience, largely experience. Edwards has dominated everybody he's fought for the most part. So I, I believe Edwards easily deals with this one. I could get it wrong, but when I look at the numbers, I don't see any chance. I don't see any chance. But again, you can be shocked in boxing. On this then undercard, women's action, Nina Hughes got the win. That happened already against Healy, Katie Healy. So that was already wrapped up. Uh, we had Shanika Johnson and Ellie Scottney. I don't think that, I think that fight's going on now. It's super bandweight action. So that's on the undercard of this same event here. Uh, Siobhan Clark fighting David Jameson. I don't think that's happened yet. That's 12 rounds at cruiserweight action. That's on that same undercard with Sonny Edwards. So if you want to check that out and you like women's action uh, and cruiserweights, do check that out. The other big fight we got, Jaime Munguia is making his return against Sergey Derevchenko. This is a really good fight. Derevchenko, of course, is, he's essentially gatekeeper status at this point. He got a bum deal, in my opinion, against Golovkin. But he's taken everybody he's fought to tough waters. He really has. Now, he's lost. Don't get it wrong. It's not like he's like win, win, win. But he has taken people to, to deep waters. He's made them work for that win. And so I, I like Derevchenko. I think very highly of him as a fighter. Jaime Bunguia is the eye test. And so people are expecting him to easily deal with Derevchenko. I suspect he does, but I think he's going to have a scare. I think Derevchenko is going to catch him with something. And he's, we're going to test him. Just like Bumbanga, we're going to test what is he really made of. This is out in Ontario on the zone. If you want to check out Jaime Munguia making his return, I do recommend that one. On the undercard, we have Ricardo Rafael Sandoval versus Rocco Santamauro. I don't know anything about either guy. This is 10 rounds at flyweight action. Don't know either guy. I don't want to do them a disservice, but it's flyweight if you want to check that out. Shane Mosley Jr. makes his return. He's fighting against Demetrius Ballard. This is a 10 rounds of super middleweight action. Obviously, I know Shane Mosley Jr. I've said I don't think this is for him. I think he this this game's not for him, I, in my opinion. Just like Diego De La Hoya. It seems like he wants it. He's got the heart for it. He's got the, you know, the stones to get in the ring, put gloves on and do it. 
I just don't think this is for him. And I think his name got him a certain level of distance, but then when he started stepping up to like the B level, he got exposed easy. Most people have Demetrius Ballard taking out Shane Mosley Jr. I'm going to lean that way as well. I haven't followed Demetrius Ballard. I know that he was fresh off a stoppage and then he had a bum deal before that. But I think Demetrius Ballard from just from a diversity perspective, just his game, it seems like he has more, more skill in his game than Mosley. Um, obviously Ballard's been stopped the one time, but I don't think Mosley's going to be the one to change uh, that number in any way. I think Ballard's solid enough to take out Mosley Jr. Uh, it's not saying that Mosley Jr. is a bum. I'm thinking that he he just was held back too much and he wasn't ready for when he did step up. And he seems like a decent dude, but I just think it's hard for him. It's hard for him against some of these other guys, especially when you talk about range. I think range is a big thing that hurts him. And his opponent does not have a reach advantage, so that may play in. I just think that Ballard's skill will play in. If you're interested in such a thing tomorrow, Floyd Mayweather Jr. is doing another exhibition. He's fighting John Gotti III. John Gotti III, of course, is the uh, grandson of John Gotti, the notorious mob. And if you didn't know John Gotti, he actually has a pro record. He's had two fights as a pro in boxing. He originally was in MMA, and then he had he was doing okay. And then he took an L, switched over to boxing, got a couple wins, racked up. Mayweather's fighting him because of the name. I mean, it's obvious. Remember, though, Mayweather's 46 years old. He's still doing this, but he said he doesn't want to do something where there's a risk of him getting hurt, damaged. He's doing it for fun, and he's doing it, quote, as he says, uh, legalized bank robbing. The interesting thing on this one, and I think it's a typo. It's got to be a typo because it swears that the fight's taking place at light heavyweight. There's no way Floyd is a light heavyweight. I don't care if he slacked the heck off. There's no way he's a light heavyweight. However, Gotti is a huge dude. My guess is Mayweather just let Gotti come in as whatever he wants. So just like he did with Logan Paul, he probably just said, come in as whatever you want, and I'll come in as what I want, but the max limit is light heavyweight. It's probably what it is, because Floyd's probably going to come in there, I'm guessing between 140, 154 and 160 somewhere. I suspect that Mayweather's going to toy with the dude and easily deal with him. If you're into it, that's happening tomorrow. The network's called Zeus. I've never heard of it. Zeus Network. Never heard of it whatsoever. I heard it's a pay-per-view, too. I'm like, okay, <laughs> for an exhibition. So it's Zeus, thezeusnetwork.com if you want to check out the site. Uh, but I've never heard of this thing. It's a subscription service. It's on mostly mobile and has online streaming. Um, some of the shows that they've got here, um, Bad Boys, Houston, Baddies, Reunion. I've never heard any of this crap, you know, uh, never heard any of this crap. So uh, it seems like it's it's catering to a specific audience, perhaps. Uh, and it is it is a it looks like it is a pay per view. Says sixteen bucks for this business. I my guess is nobody else wanted to air it because if he, if Floyd couldn't even get on freaking the zone with his brand name, I'm guessing he just chose to do whatever. So if you're interested in that, that's tomorrow uh, on thezeusnetwork.com. That's what we got for our fights. Now, the other piece I want to just chat through here, uh, Spence Crawford, of course, allegedly was signed. I covered this briefly on the YouTube channel, and people are still leaning towards Crawford. They still think Crawford easily deals with Earl Spence. And I actually was watching, I don't know if it was a Port Away podcast specifically, but there was a show, and they were saying that, oh, Crawford's never been hurt. And I want to just put a message as I close. 
If you think Terrence Crawford has never been hurt, that means you never have watched any of his damn fights, period. If you go back and watch Gamboa, he was on Bambi legs in Gamboa. Amir Khan was jabbing the hell out of him. Kell Brook closed his eye over four rounds off nothing but a jab. Cavalaskis two-pieced, wobbled, and dropped him. Sean Porter was tagging him for five out of the first six rounds. I, we need to stop this narrative Crawford's never been hurt. Crawford has been hurt. Spence, he only got hurt against Larte. You can see that on YouTube. Larte's the only one that really hurt him. Ugas, he got dropped because he wasn't paying attention. He wasn't hurt by getting dropped. Porter was landing on him. He wasn't hurt because he kept walking forward and kept walking him down. Hurt is when you're on Bambi legs or your physical, your face gets damaged. That's only happened to Terrence Crawford. Now, you can say it doesn't matter because, quote, he gets him out of there eventually. That's cool. I'm just defraying this narrative that Crawford has never been hurt. He's been hurt multiple times by multiple people who are of less caliber than Errol the Truth Spence. So all, that's all I wanted to say there. I think it's a good fight if it actually goes down and Crawford doesn't back out of it. I think it's a good fight for what it is. I also would love to see Ryan Garcia and Rolly Romero, if nothing more than their mouths. I think that would be an excellent fight to see if we can see it. I think we need to see the return of Blair the Flair Cobbs. I think it's he's been out long enough. That might be a good fight for Broner. You talk about mouths, I think that's a good, that's a good one to put on deck. And then I wasn't a fan of who Progress ended up fighting because I thought that Progress could do a lot better. Obviously, he needed to get something, and I understand that. And then Jack Catterall, very recently, he got his opponent out like three rounds. This happened uh, earlier today. So we're getting hot and heavy, certainly in the 140 division, and to a lesser degree, 135. We're starting to see those ramp up. With the 147 is still kind of dead-ish. We're not seeing the same activity electricity that we see in the lower weight classes. So if you're a boxing fan at the heavyweight level then, the rumor going around is that Tyson Fury is going to be making a return eventually here soon, and then Usyk's going to be making a return here soon, and then Wilder might actually face Anthony Joshua. All of these are really good things. That's assuming they happen. I don't think that they will. I think Wilder, he has a good opportunity to fight Joshua simply because Joshua's taking so many L's, he needs to fight somebody. And then Wilder, he's only ever lost to Tyson Fury, and I think that's the only person that beats him. I think Wilder knocks out everybody else not named Tyson Fury. Most people want to see Dillian White and Anthony Joshua. I don't know why. We have to wait and see, but hopefully we get some better fights than what I see with uh, the stuff that's happening tomorrow, absolutely. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments, and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, 
That'll do it. And I will see you guys next week.